And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is The Athletics' dedicated Blue Jackets podcast. Aaron Portson with you on a Thursday evening here. That You'll be listening to this on Friday morning, we hope. Allison Lucan is here. Hello. And we've got another special guest for you. Nathan Gerby of the Blue Jackets has joined us. Nathan, hello. How are you guys doing? Thank you guys for, uh, for having me. Oh, thanks so much for being here. Uh, first off, I think in these times, especially, it's just a nice greeting anyways, but during these strange times we're living in, how's the family? Where are you right now? What's going on in your life? And, and, uh, how affected have you been here these last, oh, many weeks since the season came to a screeching halt? Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been untouched territory for everybody. So we're all kind of, we're all kind of the same besides the essential workers, um, are doing all the work for us, but family's doing well my my wife and the kids they're up in northern michigan and um i stayed back in cleveland to do uh therapy after my surgeries and so i've been busy with that and and moving the house and selling our house so we're just uh yeah i've been doing a lot of work on my own i I wish uh (laughs) i wish businesses would open up and help me (laughs) you you need the hockey season back light light oh man do do we ever yeah Yeah. you know what it's uh Usually you can get into off-season mode, but just with this, everything that was going on, it just still doesn't feel like the off-season. And yeah. and usually, usually, yeah, when usually when the season's over, you can kind of rewind and and relax a little bit, and you know you don't need to go to the rink, but you're still in it now, and you still want to go to the rink every day. Now you've mentioned rehab a couple of times. I'm not quite sure what you're referencing. I know you had a lot of work done last year. What's going on with you right now? Did you have further work done? Um, I did, yeah. So I ended up having double um, hernia surgery and both of my obliques repaired about oh my four God. weeks ago. Again, so just um, recently? 
Just recently, yeah. So four weeks ago, so I just been rehabbing from that. I'm doing really well. Um, I'm hoping to get back on the ice soon and, and test it all out and, and see how the body feels. Wow. Now, what prompted this? Was there discomfort or was this something that I'm guessing there would have been if it was that severe? Yeah. So, yeah. So during, yeah, I, you know, I felt it a little bit, uh, you know, playing. Uh, I, I would say I felt it maybe a little bit in January, February. It started affecting my speed, I felt like. And towards the end there, I, I knew I was out. out uh, I couldn't didn't travel with the team on that Western trip. And yeah. I really wasn't skating. I was trying to not practice and just play games, but uh, so I ended up uh, ended up tearing my hernia surgery from last year. Oh. Um, so we oh. tore the mesh, and uh, yeah, so they went in repaired. So that's the kind of the pain I was feeling, you know, towards the end of the season. I was trying to skate, and I wanted to so bad, and and it was killing me. But uh, you know, deep down, I knew something else was wrong, and you know, I was having trouble walking after games, and it was just yeah, real painful, and but it was sad. Uh, sad to not be in the lineup and help out and and sad that you know i had to go back in and and, and repair repair the hernias yeah uh was there a, a moment where that happened or was it a gradual thing over a, a number of games i felt it in philadelphia when we played there that's that's when i really felt it um yeah ever since that game it was just for me it was downhill on my feet i couldn't get my leg going or, or moving and, and just the pain and discomfort I was having in that growing area and stomach that it was tough. I mean, we were trying everything we could, uh, you know, Mike, Mike did the training staff and, and I were trying to push every way possible to keep playing games and, and keep it going. But it, it became too painful. And, and, you know, after we kind of found out the diagnosis, we knew we had to go in and, and do surgery. Wow. Well, good luck with that. I know this, it's gotta be frustrating because you've had a couple of bouts with this now. A couple of years it in is, a row. Yeah, this... it's uh, yeah, it's frustrating. You know, like when I look look back in fourteen months, I've had seven repairs. Oh my god. Um, so yeah, it's frustrating, but it's it's something I don't think will ever really affect me mentally. And uh, you know, in in some ways, I'm comfortable with it. <laughs> um, I don't know if that's a good thing, um, but I know how to get my body and mind ready and back into it and and just prepare to play again. Yeah. Uh, Nathan, this was such a triumphant year for you. I guess the injuries kind of pulled the plug on you in a way before the, the plug was pulled by the the league and this, this awful virus. Just have you, and I know you're still kind of in there might be a season again mode. Everybody is sort of in that weird spot, but this was a triumphant season for you personally. I mean, there's a lot of guys that go uh, overseas, come back from overseas, play in the minor leagues. A lot, of, a lot of those guys get left behind. And you could have easily gotten left behind here uh, or anywhere. How triumphant was this year for you to, to, to work your way back into the NHL and to experience some of the amazing things that, that you experienced this season and also to have such a massive impact on this team? You we weren't just a, a guy that came up and, and gave him minutes and, and sort of got a locker stall. You impacted games and you impacted this team. That's a triumph by my measure, and I'm just wondering if you've allowed yourself to sort of appreciate that yet. Well, I do appreciate it. Um, you know, it's something I never really pay attention to too much, and I don't really focus on it. You know, I've always said from day one, I, I don't play this game for me. I don't, you know, I play this game to inspire. It's never been about me. Um, you know, I feel like once players learn that in their career, they can mentally 
be free and take off and, and not let anything hold them back. And I think that's really important is, is to stop, stop thinking everything's about them. So for me at the time, uh, coming back from Europe, you, yeah, like, you, like you said, Aaron, a lot of players can never do it. I, I don't know. I've, yeah, I just have a drive that I will never stop working as hard as I can until I do get it. Um, you know, it's almost as a, a goal of mine and, and a challenge. And, you know, I remember speaking with my agent before, too, um, after I was up with Columbus, and he was like, hey, i got to be quite honest with you. I know I told you, you I thought you could get back to the NHL, but I didn't really believe it. <laughs> you know, so, he's like, so he was like, I can't believe you worked your way back and, and how well you're doing and and for me, you know, it was important coming to Columbus. I, I was very lucky um, just with the opening and, and getting a chance from, uh, you know, at the time it was Blake Jeffrey on and Billy Zito running running Cleveland there. So I was really thankful for them. Um, those two believed in me. And, you know, it's amazing when you feel the belief in either the general manager or the coaching staff to what you can get to as a player because there's a lot of ups and downs in careers and, you know, a lot of ways careers can go, but – you know, at the end of the day, if you have that belief in yourself and, and you feel like everybody else believes in you, I, I think the sky's the limit. And, and I, I, I knew this organization believed in me. I was, you know, I was very sad. I, I, I think I remember even last year I told Yarmo maybe, or no, the end of training camp this year before I went to Cleveland. I remember telling Yarmo, I said, you know, I, I, you know, thank you guys so much for giving me the time to heal and, it's been frustrating. I said, and I, and I feel awful because I've never shown you guys of who I really am. Uh, I've been injured this whole time. I've been in this organization and, you know, to, for me, I felt at the time I'm, I'm ready to go. I was like, I, I'm ready to show you guys what I can do. And, and I, you know, I was so thankful for, for that and, and the people in your organization who, you know, let me heal and didn't push me and, and didn't get mad at me or, or anything with the surgeries last year. And, you know, giving me time to come back and getting this opportunity for me was, you know, something I wanted to take take advantage of all the way. Nathan, you're so generous to give us your time and, and you've done so much for this team this year. We put out on Twitter, you know, that fans could submit questions today and you just yeah. catch nothing but shit from your teammates. <laughs> now, now is your yeah. chance to respond. <laughs> well, you know, like for me, yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm always positive. No one's really going to ever knock me down mentally. <laughs> uh, you know, it's something, it's work I've put in for years. This, ain't, this, has been, this has been work of building up mentally for a long time and, and making myself, you know, I know Cam likes to talk, talk crap a little bit, but, <laughs> you know, I, I told Cam before, I used to, I used to, in the summer when I go to Connecticut, I used to sleep with yeah, Cam's house. Sometimes yeah. I'd crash in their couch and, and sleep at our house, and we would play video games all the time, and I would destroy him in NHL, and <laughs> he would end up fighting and wrestling on the floor, and, and, you know, his dad, Tom, would always be always be laughing. So if we need to get Tom on here to verify the story <laughs> so Cam doesn't come back and say he beat me, we'll, we'll have to do that, but I, I definitely crush Cam every chance I got. I'm going to text Tom right now. I'm going to text him. Keep talking. <laughs> He's, he would love it. He used to laugh. He, he, he loved uh, when everyone was over there. We and to to that point, we talk all the time about how small the league is. You know, players, coaches, everything. But how cool is it to you've been in an organization with Cam, but now you've been playing with him this year. Is there something to that for you? Yeah, it's been awesome. So I so Cam came to Boston College right after me. Right. Um, so I never got to see him really play. Um, I knew he was uh, highly recruited, and and Jerry York talked very high of him and. 
and they were excited. So I got to follow him a little bit from a distance at BC. And, you know, when he first came into pro and in, in, in the AHL, he was doing well. And, you know, he got his chance to play in Columbus and, and he started to do well. Then I, I skated with him for a bit in the summers in Connecticut. And you start to, you know, sometimes you don't know a player until you're with them every day. Mm-hmm. And then you can see what makes them great. And, and I think for me, being able to skate with Cam in the summers and then get close to him in, in the NHL is, you see why he's great. You see why he scores 40 goals. Um, mm-hmm. He has that ability to just, just be so spontaneous on, on loose pucks, on opportunities of breakaways. He reads the game so well um, to get separation from D-men, and, and he's got a deadly shot. You know, when Cam gets the chance, he scores. So I think, for me, it's been awesome being able to follow him and see it and, and knowing his family and knowing him. He's, he's a great kid, and comes from a great family so it's always uh nice to see him do well but it's been fun to see he's another small guy that <laughs> yeah that works hard and and you want to see him do well that's awesome i one of the things i've i've loved i mean this is such a crazy time and so you kind of look for positivity wherever you can get it and and you've done a couple really cool things in the northern northeast ohio cleveland area just how, how do you i mean you weren't even in Cleveland for the majority of the season. How do you find the organizations that you wanted to help? How do you make those gifts happen? What, what, what led you to, to do those things? Um, yeah, I think, you know, I've always said, and I talked about before, it's never been about me. Nothing's ever been about what I'm doing or anything. I, any way I could help out is, it would be incredible. And, and for me, I wanted to, yeah, obviously the medical workers, they're, they're doing everything for us. It's amazing. You know, they're, they, they teach us all what it, what it means to be, you know, to sacrifice and selfless and love. And, you know, I think it's incredible what they're doing. And, I, yeah, I wanted to reach out. It, it was uh, at UH Hospitals. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I provided lunch to 40 to 50 people and then provided uh, grocery gift cards to those, oh, those employees awesome. as well. And, and I want, yeah, I just wanted to make any impact I could. And then I've, yeah, followed up with just doing uh, some lunch for for like a recovery house because it's just another angle that maybe get gets lost in all this is is, is you know people struggling with addictions and and trying to stay clean and stay sober. So any positivity I could bring to them, uh, we did a talk and a questionnaire and and then we we bought some rec 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 games and and also provided lunch for them as well. That, and do you, did you do all that on your own? Do you, I mean, because again, like, how do you, I know you have the idea, but then to execute, to get the gift cards, to get them to the hospitals, all those kinds of things. How how do you turn a dream or an idea into action? Um, that that I called. Uh, I so I ended up calling Jock and Pam, who worked with Cleveland, oh, and yeah, I yeah. presented a different idea actually. But um, the idea that I proposed was too risky for them because mm-hmm. of the virus, and mm-hmm. they were dealing with patients who who have the virus. So then we had to kind of rethink uh, an idea of helping, but uh, yeah, we came up with that and they, they helped me and go through with it. Yeah. It was really nice. Now, Gerbs, I've never been accused of being a, a gotcha journalist. <laughs> Uh-oh. Um, but but uh, I, I texted Tom Atkinson. I said uh, that you used to crush cam and video games and that Tom would confirm <laughs> this. Uh-oh. He says it is not true. Gerby was <laughs> Gerby was Gerby is soft, and Cam taught him everything he knows. Wow. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm, I'm glad Cam prepped him and probably had, a, had money wired to his account for him. But it was really nice of Cam to do that. But no, nah, I'll deal with Tom. Tom knows how to deal with him. 
Well, I will say this. He follows up with, I'll tell you this, Gerby is a very good mentor and a person. I love them like one of my own sons, and you can tell them that for me. Yeah, he was really super nice. My wife and I were, yeah. we just moved to Connecticut. We didn't know a single person there. And yeah, his family, you know, you know, Tom, you know, Tom, he's, you know, he tells you dinner's tonight at six, you know, you're going, you're coming to dinner whether you're liking or not, food's going to be there, you know? So, yep. so he, he always took care of us, always fed my wife and I, you know, we, we, uh, we felt really comfortable with him and their family and, you know, they were, they were super to us. Yep. Good people. Um, you have had to scrap for every inch all the way, multiple continents, many teams. How much faith now do you have after the way you played this season? that you have cemented yourself into the Blue Jackets plans. I know there's turnover every year. Whenever this thing starts up again, if it's next year or whatever, there's going to be turnover. What do you think you proved this year, and, and how solid do you feel, do you ever feel, uh, just based upon the way that you played? Yeah, I, I don't feel solid ever. I, I, you know, I know when the league kicks back up this summer, if we do, it's, it's, it's a whole new season, and and it's a whole new chance to play and an opportunity to make an impact and get into playoffs or however this, this league may start. Um, but I, I've never felt comfortable in my career. It's, you know, when, when you do that, you, you'll slowly die in this, in this career and in, in this profession. So, you know, for me, I always have a chip on my shoulder, but I, it was nice for me to, to come up and show them that I could play. Cause like I said before, I, I felt bad. I've always been so injured. I couldn't skate the way I knew I could. Um, I mentally could do it, but, just physically I wasn't able to do it last year or the year before. So it was nice for me to come up and yeah, it, it meant the world to me to show them like, Hey, listen, like I can play, you know, I'm trying my hardest, you know, last couple of years, you know, it wasn't fun for me either. So, you know, for me, it was just reassuring that, you know, you keep doing the right things every day and, and continue to do the right habits. And, you know, whether you get the opportunity or not, you know, you prepared all the way, you know, for that opportunity. So, Either way, I would have been satisfied because I know I'm putting in the work and doing the right things every day. But, you know, obviously to get the success that, you know, we've had as a team and, and as my time being up and being able to impact that is, is, is really awesome. We had Jody Shelley on the podcast on Tuesday. And he's a guy, I'm not sure how familiar you are with the early years of the Blue Jackets, but he was, as many fighters are, he was an absolute crowd favorite here. There's Tyler Wright for the first mm -hmm. year and a half or so, and then Jody became... Uh, the rock star in this city. Every every city, every team has that guy that the team really puts their arms around and roots for. And you're one of the few people, I think, I know you heard it in Buffalo. I'm not sure w what it was like in, in Carolina in terms of fan interaction. But, Nathan, there were three or four times this season. I get, I get chills in the press box <laughs> thinking what that might feel like as a player to hear your name chanted by 18,000 people put that into words for me. How long does, how long does that feeling lift you up and carry you through life and how surreal is it to be in that, in that position as a guy who's had to earn everything? It's uh, it's very surreal and rewarding, but you know, at the end of the day, I, I always play the game to hope to inspire somebody else to do something, you know, incredible or to follow their dream or, you know, for someone who thought they couldn't do something because maybe they're physically not, not there or physically not big enough or, you know, if it's mentally that I just, yeah, I play the game because I hope they're inspired to just go out and do something that they want to do and work the hardest. And, you know, that and, and to get the appreciation from the fans, it, it's very rewarding. You know, I think one of the games, my kids were at the game, so they they think 
all the fans only come to watch me now and it's like yeah. I tell them how <laughs> how eighteen thousand people just watch me, nobody else on the ice. So they they think it's awesome, but no, it's 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 incredible. It's you know, I appreciate it and yeah, but I I just want to put the work in and, and hopefully help, uh, you know, maybe some young kid, you know, believe that he could play because I did it or something and, and maybe inspire him to work a little bit harder. Now, Gerbs, we've been learning even more about you just today. The team released this incredible video of you calling a goal, calling one of your goals. And, and in my opinion, you were quite good. <laughs> did, did you have to practice that? Like, how did that all go down? You know, I don't, I'm, I'm very comfortable with speaking. I went, I went to college for communications, public speaking. So, you know, I have no issue. But Todd reached out from PR and said that they were looking into this idea. Would I be willing to try it um, and kind of be their guinea pig? And I was, yeah, no problem. And I actually only did one take. And then, but, nice. I, but I realized when I did the, when I did the take, I, I realized I said I, I scored the, I, I can't remember if I said, Oh, because I said uh, it was my fourth goal of the season. I, the first take I said was my fourth goal of the game. Oh. So I sent that to him, and then he, he wrote me back. He was like, you got four goals in that game? And I was like, what? And I really sent back. I was like, oh, my God. So I took a, took one more take. So two takes on that thing total, and, yeah, it was fun. It's, uh, you know what's funny when you're doing that? Of all the announcers that I've had in my career, I, I was almost like, trying not to say what they're saying because it was already in my head. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I was like trying to avoid their sayings. Like in, like in Carolina, John Forslund, he always says, yeah. hockey baby. I, oh, I, I almost <laughs> said it. And I was like, oh, I can't say that. Or John's going to be mad at me. Like, <laughs> but That's so awesome. it's funny how you, how you think. And, you know, I've, I've been, been around a lot of good, uh, a lot of good play-by-plays. Now, would that be, I mean, is that something you're, I mean, do you want to go into media potentially when your playing days are done? Or was this just more fun and you're just proving you're good at everything that you try doing <laughs> no it was more fun I, I yeah. had fun you know for me the door is open for everything I you know I've not at that point in my career where I'm really thinking about sure, it but sure yeah you never know I mean yeah every 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 avenue is possible so I, I never close any doors <laughs> we mentioned um our our listener questions and one of them is, is one of my favorites because I, I don't know how familiar you are with this but when John Tortorella came to Columbus he came up with a bunch of wacky nicknames for players. Like that's where calling Boone mm-hmm. Jens comes from. We were all like, what? Who's Jens? Like, we don't know who that is. <laughs> but, but, but our yeah. listeners, our listeners wanted to know if Gerbs is your preferred nickname or if there's a nickname that you like better. No, that's perfect. I've heard that my whole life. So okay. that's, that's easy for me. I have, I think I have an easy one. <laughs> have there been any other variations on a nickname for you? Or is that pretty much the one you've always gone with? Um, that's pretty much like, I, I know in like Buffalo, they would, they would call me honey badger a little bit, but, <laughs> um, I'm trying to think like that's, that's probably it. Nice. Uh, Nathan, we asked, uh, Twitter followers to weigh in with questions tonight, as you see, as you noted, cause you retweeted it and, uh, Felino fired one in camp fired one in some of these, frankly, between <laughs> you and, and the two of you, they're not fit for, for broadcast purposes. <laughs> Uh, here's one from Boxman at Edgy Powers, who wants to know what is what has been your proudest moment in the league or as a pro so far. Um, there's a lot of moments that you reflect on, but I, probably this year scoring the first goal with Columbus was it just was a lot. It was a lot of emotion uh, just from my dad being in the hospital. Um, you know, I was I was at the time pretty close to 
almost telling Billy that I didn't want to go up at that time. Um, it was just the timing was just not a good time. I just drove home. Uh, so we just finished a road trip for like a week. I just drove to my parents' uh, house. I went to the hospital to go see my dad. Then literally my phone rang right then and there. And Billy was, you know, he, he said, you know, you're going to have to drive back to Cleveland and get your equipment and jump on a flight to New York. And, you know, it's just right around Christmas. And I, there's just so many emotions in my head. I was like, oh, my God, like, I don't even know if I want to go. I, I just wanted to see my dad and, and, and spend time with my kids over Christmas. But, you know, I know uh, – my dad would have killed me if I didn't, uh, didn't <laughs> right. take that call. So, you know, I thought, you know what, I better, I better, you know, get going and, and get ready to play and get mentally kind of change your mindset a little bit because, you know, I was kind of thinking of break and spending time with my dad and not doing too much, but you know, that changed quickly and, and, you know, things, things happen for a reason. So it's just a, just a, a lot of emotion of getting back to the NHL and the work put in and, yeah, so just scoring that scoring in that moment was, you know, you know, you felt like you wanted to cry, but you're trying to, you know, play and, and, and stay strong. But it was just, yeah, it meant a lot more than just a goal to me. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Silky Smith, I hope I'm saying that right. S L S L K Y S M T H two. It's not so much a question. I, I love this because it's not really a question, but I'm going to turn it into one. He says before the last home game. Uh, we took my son to the game for his birthday. He made a sign asking Nathan Gerby to play rock, paper, scissors for a stick. Do you remember this? I do, yeah. <laughs> At the end of the warm-ups, Gerby yeah. did it, and my son won. Uh, you gave him the stick. He said uh, his kid <laughs> held on to that stick all night and made his year. Uh, so mm-hmm. thank you to Nathan Gerby. That's awesome. Um, do you always do you always have a play? Are you always rock or paper or scissors? That's my question. <laughs> Oh, it's a, that one's that one. I don't know if I want to give my secrets out, but <laughs> yeah, it was tough. You know, a young kid, I thought I would win it, but I would have gave him the stick anyways. But he ended up beating me. I was like, oh, okay, right. I'll give you the yeah. stick then. So no, it's, yeah. it's you know, it's I, I like how guys interact with fans a bit more now than when I first came into the league. Um, so that that's been fun to watch and, and fun to see grow. Uh, you've played in, in several different places. Tell me what's what's special about Columbus. Or maybe what's a surprise to you about your time in Columbus? This is a, a, one of my questions. Well, the people are amazing in Columbus. They're, you know, I think over the last probably, probably I would say four years has really developed into a to a great hockey city and a great fan base. I, and I know when I first came into the league twelve years ago, you know, there wasn't much in Columbus. There there wasn't many buildings. There wasn't many restaurants. There wasn't a ton of fans. So, you know, you. you where it's grown now is is insane, and and to play in a in a blue collar building like that, I, I I think it's a crazy building. I think it's fun. I love it, and, and the fans are awesome. So I guess you know I'm not too surprised because I've seen I've seen it grow over the last four years. Um, but on the same hand, it, it's pretty amazing how uh, how they come just a true hockey town. Groups, you mentioned interacting with fans more. Where do you fall on you know the NHL is arguably one of the more conservative in terms of player personalities, right? And where do you fall on maybe showing a little bit more of that? Do you think the NHL could stand for it? Do you think it's, it's good like it is? No, I, I think it's nice. And I think it is growing a bit more. Yeah. Um, you know, guys are getting on podcasts more, telling stories more about themselves. So people are getting to understand them a bit more and, and sharing some stories, which is, which is great for fans because they get almost an inside look of what happens 
in the locker room or throughout a game of, of uh, you know, from a from a player's perspective. So that's been a lot of fun. But I, I, I do like personality more in the game. I love uh, – I, I think it's heading in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny, like, when I came in, like, you, you didn't say a word and, right. and just quiet for a few years before you talked to anybody or anything. And so – so it's changed a lot, but I think it's changed really good. Like at the end of the day, you got to market this game well, and to do that, you you have to connect with the fans and and uh, show some personality. Outside of you know the X's and O's of the actual sport itself, what what is one thing that maybe fans don't get right a lot, or maybe need to understand more about the whole game and the league and what's going on outside of what we see for sixty minutes on the ice? Yeah, I think a lot of people don't understand the game within a game. And mm-hmm. when I say that is, you know, I'm talking about there's little sections of the game where you have to just survive or you have to just play a certain style to survive in that game or mm. just hang on. Or when you have the momentum, you can play a different style of game. Or, you know, it's just so many different, you know, possibilities throughout a game and so many scenarios that you have to play certain styles in certain ways and that changes all the time. So, you know, sometimes when, when you're playing defense and maybe people in the stands don't understand, like, oh, that team is just sitting on defense the whole night, well, sometimes you're just going to have to. Gotcha. And sometimes you're just going to have to block shots. Sometimes you just <laughs> have to get rid of the puck into an area where it can't be dangerous and, and just protect that dangerous site. So there's little yeah details that I think that sometimes get lost. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you got to do what you got to do to win a game, and, and, and that's what we tried to do, and that's and that's why we were successful for for a very long stretch of stretch of period of time was was the details and and the ability to just win a game whether it was pretty or ugly we just figured it out and found ways to win games. Nathan, you had that great shift against the Flyers this year where you blew up uh, Clyde Giroux, Claude Giroux. You then basically wrestled Sandheim to the ground. <laughs> Your career has been littered with those sort of interactions. Sandheim's a, a big kid. But none of them really stand out, I don't think, as much as, as your clashes with Zidane Ochara. How did that <laughs> how did that start? And I'm wondering if you've ever had a chance to talk to Chara off the ice, if there's been any communication between the two of you other than in the rink as opposing players. No, not off the ice. Um, just on the ice before when I played in Buffalo. Uh, but he's, you know, he's, He's just a competitor, you know. He's obviously a, a big, big man, and yeah. uh, so it's fun playing against him. I, you know, what? I he probably struggles playing against me because I play so low that it's got to be hard um, for him to push me and and push me around. But he's so strong that when he does get a hold of you, it's uh, not good. So uh, <laughs> yeah, you just yeah, I just love competing. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter what size anybody is, and you know, everybody has their different abilities, so it's fun. Yeah. Uh, again, speaking with Shelley earlier in the week. He mentioned that, and I thought this was interesting, that he thought this team, I think people think of the team they had last year as being the team that was a threat to do something in the playoffs. He mentioned how, how difficult he thought this team would be in the playoffs, a hard out. It just Yeah, you, I agree. Um, yeah, you, yeah you, you feel that as well? I do, but it's, you know, it's hard for me to say. I wasn't around the team last year, but just from watching, they had a heck of a team, and and. You're, you're, there's, I, in my opinion, they, you know, they could have been the team at the end of the year when winning the Stanley Cup. But, you know, just just from playing this year, you know, every year the league changes a little bit and, and teams change and the ability and, and and what teams struggle and teams were struggling against us. We had the ability to defend really well. 
Uh, we have two great goalies, and, and, and we have guys who can put the puck in the net. And it's crazy that we were able to do that with all the injuries. And, and But that you know, gets your depth going towards the end because once the injured guys come back, and now you got a really, really deep team, and you can play mm. play a lot of different styles. And But it's I think it's going to be a lot of fun if we get going. I know it's going to be difficult because – you know, everyone's in the same boat of not really being able to skate right now and, and do that. But, man, I think I think we're a really dangerous team. And, and, and when you have two great goalies and a great def- defensive core, that's that's going to be hard to play against. Uh, how soon is would it be for you to be able to play? I mean, if this thing does ever get going this year, what's your time frame like? Um, I'm, I'm hoping that I will be on the ice um, within two weeks. So I, oh, I well. Yeah, I would say two to four weeks. I'm, I'd be, you know, full on, hopefully, ready to wow. go. Just doing a lot of therapy, um, getting into more movements now of, of a little bit of running and a little bit of a body weight workout. So I'm feeling good, and I kind of know this routine now from last year of, of the injuries and what I need to do. And and you know, not only that, it gives me the confidence that I know I did it last year, and I'm, you know, gonna gonna do the same this year. Yeah. Uh, I think any first-time Blue Jacket has a touch of trepidation playing for John Tortorella. I'm wondering <laughs> what your experience. Most most players have this image of him as the YouTube uh, star, and then they get to know him and they see a much different, a much different person. Unless they have somebody who knows him that can sort of inform them ahead of time. What was your first year like? Your first real year, year like under John Tortorella, and just your your general thoughts on the man. Uh, I mean, I've always had such admiration for him and, and the way he's gone about his business and his career. And, you know, I followed him ever since he was in Tampa with Martin St. Louis. Cause I love, loved watching him and, um, and seeing them win together was pretty special. And, and just what he's been able to do after. I mean, he's, you know, in my opinion, he, he, he'll be in the hockey hall of fame. So it's pretty incredible to be around somebody of that nature. But, you know, the thing with Torts is he's fair. I mean, I, I don't, uh, he's blunt, but he's fair. I don't think, you know, I guess I was raised maybe that way too. So, you know, for me, it's kind of like being at home when I was younger. It's it's going to be blunt and it's going to be fair whether you like it or not. So yeah. uh, I like that mentality. But he, you know, the, the thing I, I really respect about him is he's he's such a nice man. He's, uh, you know, he cares. He, he cares about the players. He cares about their personal life. And, you know, I know for me, he was always constantly asking me, how's your dad doing? Do you need to go see him or you know, stuff like that throughout the season. And I kept telling him, like, Torres, if I go see him, my dad's going to kill me. So <laughs> I better stay here and keep keep playing. But he, uh, you know, he cares. And, and he, uh, I really respect that because he has the ability to, you know, to be very blunt and to be hard. But you know he cares about you as, as a person and, and what you're doing and, and stuff like that. So I think it's a bit different. But, yeah, I, I really like him. I, I have such respect for him. And, and I love following him in his career. Awesome. Nathan, thanks so much for doing this. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, guys. This is uh, it's fun. It's fun to talk hockey when you're, when you're <laughs> desperate to get back to the rink. Yeah, we're trying to keep it alive. We're doing two a week here. We're, we're uh, cranking them out there. There always seems to be something to talk about. I, I, I think every week we're like, how are we gonna, what are we going to come up with for two more shows? And then by the end of each week, it's like it was no really no problem. There's always something to talk about. Well, to be but fair. Thanks for being part of yeah, it. Yeah, there's, there's always something. There's in the yeah, you can find stories in the past, but yeah, I know I'm sure it's difficult for for all reporters and and all all journalists that it's it's hard. But we appreciate all the stories that you guys are coming up with, and you know it keeps us a little bit busy. I know I I love reading everything, but 
you know, so it keeps me busy into it, but I know it's tough for everybody. And Porty, to be fair, we didn't come up with anything. Gerbs did all the talking, so we really contributed almost nothing <laughs> to this show. Don't tell the boss. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. All right, thanks for being with us, folks. We will be with you on Tuesday. Uh, thanks for listening. For David Cook, who wrote the theme music, for Adam Gracia, our producer, Uh, Thanks for listening. We'll be back with you in just a few days. Take care out there. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.